0: Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to receive support from VCU Massey Cancer Center. Massey Cancer Center wants you to imagine a future without cancer. All it takes is one, a revolutionary idea, a promising clinical trial, or a new breakthrough. See how Massey is developing new approaches to prevent and treat cancer for every person in every community. Learn more about this future for everyone at masseycancercenter.org.
1: I'm Kelly Lemon and I'm Michael
0: Paul Williams
1: and welcome to the After the Monuments podcast where we look at events and news about race in a historical context and see how too often history repeats itself. Welcome to a all new After the Monuments with Kelly Lemon, Michael Paul Williams. This is a real talk about race and, um, you know, I'm excited about this conversation. We didn't even prep for this one, Michael Paul. We kind of just sat down. We started talking about stuff already. But thank you, Deron, for coming on the show with us today. Tell this audience who you are and what you do um, in this region.
2: Well, uh, I am the executive director. Deron Chavis. Oh, Oh, yeah. I should say my name, right? I'm Deron Chavis. I'm the executive director of Happily Natural Day. It's a nonprofit that focuses on holistic health, wellness, social change and transforming the built environment for food justice and climate resiliency. The shorthand Mm -hmm. is we build urban gardens and farms across the Richmond region to increase access to healthy food and to build community power.
1: You've never... Biting your tongue about mm-hmm. how you feel yeah, yeah, yeah. about stuff, and yeah, you yeah. you take the social media to yeah, yeah. say what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, in regards to the death of George Floyd and the murder, excuse me, of George Floyd and what happened here in Richmond, yeah, yeah, you were very active in that. You yeah. were, you know, out on the scene, especially yeah. um, at the Marcus David Peters Circle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us about. Let's, let's take us back to that. How you felt about that? How you felt like your role and what you do played in any of that?
2: What, do, what, are we, what are we doing today and on a consistent basis to create systems change in our communities that I can taste, touch, see, and feel? Because yeah. I think that's what communities really are going to respond to when it comes down to us assessing what actually has changed in our community.
0: You just encapsulated the discussion we're trying to promote with After the Monuments. Yeah. yeah. Which, very well. Like, very well. Like, which, that just gave me, like... Which was a protest that actually wasn't about the monuments yeah. when it started. It was about policing. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And, right? Yeah. And, so, you <laughs> see what I mean? That's know, what I'm that, saying. That, asked, that, that reform, defunding, whatever stalled out, and right. a lot of other things. But right. this is, hopefully, we're keeping the conversation going and kind of, like you were trying to do, just redirect right. us to... Right. A sense of cohesive purpose. Yeah, and so and I, I so 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 things.
2: for us, like the conversation for us was like, all right, while all that was going on, we were building. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So while George Floyd, uh, the 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 uh, the protests were going, you know, we had developed uh, the uh, the Black Space Matters exhibit uh, down at uh, the corner of Broad and Belvedere, yep. and after that was over, we transferred all that plant material and we developed <laughs> San Cofa Community Orchard. So that five-acre food justice and climate resiliency uh, demonstration uh, started in December 2021. Mm-hmm. So a year after the you know explosions mm-hmm. in the city, we literally started transforming five acres on South Side to be reflective of what communities can look like when they're led by Black and Brown. Organizers to uh, meet our needs, right? Yeah. So the, the the orchard is we're growing food using renewable energy. We got murals that are reflecting all of these uh, Black personas and strategists over you know the, across the diaspora. And so I ask folks, it's like, okay, what can you point to that we built for ourselves, and you know the shadow of the fall of the monuments that we can say, okay, we did this for ourselves that is now a springboard mm-hmm. for more organizing for more collaboration you know for more power shifts and so yeah for us the work is like okay out of that you know we have been engaging in reparative justice work you know we got a white woman from out of Amelia County that donated 70 acres to our organization mm. explicitly for that land to be used by black farmers we were able to fundraise and buy a farm, five acres, in Petersburg, Virginia. You know, so this is, for us, it's like, yo, we were really focused on what this power mm-hmm. look like for our communities, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that the monuments coming down is cool, but that don't, that don't give us any power. Yeah. That don't change the con- material conditions in our community in any way, shape, form, or fashion, right? Yeah. It does stroke our ego and say, yeah, we were able to do that. That's cool, but... What does the reality of the masses in the concrete terms look like in Richmond, Virginia now? And so, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the real question. And we're always ask, asking that, and we're trying to develop systems that allow for young, aspiring black farmers to come into that space, um, even working with uh, – so let me say this. You don't have to be a farmer to rock with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, done... in, it's intimidating, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody don't have to farm. But I know caterers. Yeah. I know chefs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, we yeah. are like, how do we hold space for creatives yeah. that are culinary artists?
1: Talk about feast. Yeah, I was about to say, because you, you've created dinners based feast off of resistance. this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, so we do dinners at uh, Kofa and at all of our spaces. We manage eight of them. So we do this event called Feast of Resistance where we highlight black culinary artists You know, we bring people together to talk about racial equity, to talk about uh, community change and social justice, and to also build relationships. Mm Because that's one thing that we often don't do is like, we don't convene around food and talk about these social justice issues in our communities outside of the silos. So, like, I might be in food, somebody else might be in affordable housing, somebody else might be in youth development where is a space where mm-hmm. we're coming together to, uh, to talk about how interwoven all of these issues are mm-hmm. and Feast of Resistance is one of those spaces that we do you know, do that but um, I was just going to say that if you're a chef you can come and rock with us on some farm to table stuff you know we're working with uh, organizations to, to, to build out small business development for folks that aspire to get food trucks you know where are you getting your food from yeah. that was one of my biggest critiques though is like in the light of the monuments coming down, there's been this big clamoring about Richmond being this foodie place and mm-hmm. all these black restaurants. I said, well, yeah, the, black people have been cooking food forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm it's not mm-hmm. like that's a new thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Even in light of... Uh, You know, slavery, like during slavery times in the city of Richmond, Richmond is a unique space because we had urban slavery. Yeah, come on. I
1: was hoping you was going to talk about them. Yeah, come on, talk about them. Because
2: we have urban slavery. Define
1: that for those, uh, the Moon Sisters have, but define that again.
2: So urban slavery is like who worked in the warehouses, you know what I mean? Who worked on the railroads, who unloaded at the docks? These are urban problems. These are urban industries. And there were people that were enslaved that were the labor for those industries here in Richmond, Virginia. But there was another class of black people that existed in the city of Richmond during slavery that were free, that had businesses, that had hotels, that had restaurants. So, you know, this conversation about, like, black people and cooking food and having black-owned businesses in the city of Richmond, this is not a new thing, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Since, you know, uh, prior to the Emancipation Proclamation, like, if I was a, if I was, say, for instance, I was owned by a plantation in Henrico. I didn't trek from Henrico to Mm-mm. Richmond every day. Mm-mm. I would get a pass, mm-hmm. and then I would be staying with someone
1: in jackson Ward more so. actually yeah. in jackson
2: Ward probably and i paid that person to stay that I, that person was paid for me to stay with them and then while i was after my hours of work i went to you know the jazz joint the juke yeah. joint i went to the black restaurant because yeah. all this stuff was segregated so I, i'm couching all that in the context of like when people say, well, the Miami's have been come, have come down, and now Richmond has this vibrant black food scene. Like, bruh, no, no. this has always been Always here. been. It's never been a situation where these black yeah. businesses didn't exist. But the question in the conversation today is, in terms of a supply chain, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. where do these restaurateurs source their produce, mm-hmm. right? Do they go get it from Restaurant Depot, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, a produce source or Airmark or whoever? where's the black farmer in that supply chain? Just had a
1: conversation about it last night, you know, and it goes back to your conversation of power and being able to understand that you all have a voice if you all come together and then force these mass um producers you know Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to to hear you and or to support these local farmers you know that are right there in our in our reach but y'all gotta have some power and some conversation to do that yeah yeah Yeah.
2: Yeah. i talk about this uh i have an acronym that i use it's called paid Mm -hmm. right p-a-i-d production aggregation, innovation, and distribution. Mm -hmm. Those are the four core elements Mm -hmm. to a vibrant food system, right? Mm -hmm. And so somebody's got to produce the food. That's our farmers. Who's aggregating the food? Who's going around and saying, okay, I see there's 8, 10 farmers out here. I'm going to go pick up all of that stuff, and then I'm going to house it Mm -hmm. in a warehouse, a cold storage facility, and then I'll slang it for you to the innovator. Who's Mm -hmm. the restaurateur, the chef? Person, the caterer, the product maker—who's making the barbecue sauce, the mm-hmm. spaghetti sauce, the seasoning packs—who's taking these meals and freezing them up and putting them inside of the mm. good the grocery store space—that's the innovation. And then the distribution is the mom and pop shop, yeah. the urban hang suite—you yeah. know, the gross the the market at twenty fifth, yeah. like all of the, those farmers markets, all those the delivery services, the door dashes, all that type of stuff—is distribution, and every part. Of that model I see there's opportunities For black people to have control and ownership And that's the real conversation About systems change Mm. Because if we land On black people And brown people having control Of these vital components These vital systems that Are entrepreneurial They're paying paying money People are getting living wages out of it Then we are in control of decisions That are happening in our country. Now
0: you're hitting on the competition. hmm That
1: part. <laughs> that
0: part. <laughs> that's yeah. where, the, you know, yeah. Yeah. What's rubber what's hits the road and, up. you know.
2: Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's, the, that's the real conversation is, like, how do we get the liquidity, the capital in order to build our systems up so that we can compete? Yeah,
0: systems that are built to keep you right at a disadvantage. Right. Yeah.
2: And that goes back to land. Right. (laughs) Because if you because at at the core of it, if you don't have land and none of that stuff, you can't develop any of that land and property. You can't make any of those type of moves because you're still paying rent Mm -hmm. to someone who, you know, as we know, Mm -hmm. rent is going up for every restaurant tours. Like they usually restaurants have like a five to seven year shelf life. Yeah. And then the, you know price of their lease is going up so mm-hmm. they can no longer afford to stay inside of those spaces but what happens when we own mm-hmm. the property you know in those in our communities and are able to develop and incubate those types of businesses in a way that's affordable you know what i mean yeah. so that's really what it's all about is how do we get the land how do we get the capital in order to control the processes of production, aggregation, innovation, and distribution in our own communities? So,
0: so many aspects to food justice. Yeah, yeah. man, it's yeah.
2: not just about growing tomatoes. It's deeper than that, yeah. you know, and that's why I try to say everybody ain't got to be a farmer, because you know, uh, Kelly, you run a you run a store, you yeah. run a, you run a space. Yeah. We need more of that, yeah. you know what I mean? And, so and I, I need to
1: own the building, too. So, yeah, like, yeah. I, that's that's the goal is that I want to <laughs> own the building so that I own the space. That means I can bring in what I need to Bomb. and support, and it's, again, Bomb. it creates generational wealth, Bomb. and it keeps that black dollar yeah. Let's go. rolling. let Yeah. We,
0: now, we're talking about that dollar, yeah. and, and that's been... A, a very important focus of the conversation, but I want to talk about the health. Check, because mm-hmm. if we're not here, mm-hmm. we can't spend the money. And yeah. we've yeah. had Linda Villarosa on here talking about mm-hmm. how we're up against it, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, as far as Black people in health and yeah. just, yeah, know, and, and just the lack of the food access. Mm-hmm. The, just, just talk about just how what you the work you're doing is about promoting not just our our livelihood and economic right. well, being right. but our, our very existence.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's a holistic conversation, you know what I mean? So the food access piece is critical because if you don't have, uh, you know, access to healthy food, then of course diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, congestive heart failure, stroke, even, you know, psychological mm-hmm. uh, uh, maladies, depression, uh, uh, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, all this stuff. We're finding the research is showing that all that stuff is inextricably linked to what food you have available, mm. and so what our work is really about is like how do we reseat culture in our you know orientation towards food and be less reliant on you know uh, the bodega, uh, mm. the 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 the, the drive-through, yeah, <laughs> the fast food, the restaurants. You
1: know what fast food is now? Was that DoorDash and Uber Eats? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that's, transformed. That's the new fast food. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. So how do we get our communities back into the kitchen, back mm-hmm. cooking, you know what I mean? So that's why we do events like Feast of Resistance. Mm-hmm. That's why we put, you know, culinary uh, infrastructure. So we have uh, grills, uh, propane tank base, outdoor kitchens at just about all of our spaces. Because mm-hmm. once you come to the space and we grow all this food, now we can engage with a conversation about farm to table, mm-hmm. and what does it mean for us to literally harvest, you know, a meal today and cook for everyone that's here in the space. You know, um, I think it's a big conversation when we talk about nutrition education. Typically, the way that this stuff goes is that there's somebody that's a dietitian, or you know, a nurse or something like that, community nurse that's teaching, telling people, okay, this is what you need to eat, but nobody's talking about how to make that culturally relevant Mm. to our communities, right? So we spend a lot of time nowadays talking about food ways and really trying to help folks uh, appreciate the diversity of ways that you can prepare food without using a whole bunch of salt or relying on a whole lot of processed products in order to make a a dish. But that's critical. I mean, I can't can't overstate it enough. Um, You know, we've been divorced from whole cooking in mm. our community just the way that the life mm-hmm. uh the way life and it's uh many twists and turns hits us it's like yo it's quicker for me Work to a hit couple, the door
0: couple three jobs yeah, yeah, yeah you know, exactly. it's easier
2: for me to go you know go hit up the uber eats yeah then you know me to go ahead and cook a meal but you know that's another part of this economic reality is like how do we free up people's time so that they can like you know take pleasure and like you know, really dedicate time to cooking whole meals for family, um, and then if you can't do it that way, like how do we create the businesses mm-hmm. that are you know doing that that are now on DoorDash mm-hmm. that you can get a healthy meal, you know that type of thing? So it's 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 a it's a multi yeah, approach.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of um my my grandparents, Little Washington, North Carolina, mm-hmm. had a huge garden. It wasn't if they weren't farmers. They yeah, were. Right. This is a very this is, much an urban setting, but right. there's a Big garden in mm-hmm. the back, and mm-hmm. we had the best yeah. fresh vegetables. And yeah. yeah, just I mean, I,
2: I think um, you know what's cool about uh, you know this generation is like we're uh, I I can remember I have friends I didn't have this when I grew up, but I have friends that had, grew up and they spent. Time with their grandparents mm-hmm. in the country, mm-hmm. you know, it's becoming less and less of a situation. But those memories is like what people are bringing to our classes. They're like, yo, I remember shucking peas with my grandma mm-hmm. out in South Carolina, and da, da 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 da. And you know, I I like to think that part of that experience of like having grown your own food that there's a there's an exercise and there's a there's a certain amount of like sweat equity that goes into that and it's while you do work you know of course this is work you do get some you know physical fitness mm-hmm. to go along with it it might be a little tough mm-hmm. but um yeah it', it it's, it's, it's all good you know i I, I, I think folks will appreciate will appreciate the sweat equity because you want to eat it yeah more if you grew it you know what I mean or if you help participate grown, it makes the food taste a little bit better, and maybe I don't have anything to quantify that. I just say that, you know,
0: that's how I feel. That's I, it. <laughs> I grew some tomatoes once, I was so proud. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. they were so good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's like it, my spirit and soul is in this. Like I feel mm. like
1: we could talk forever. Um, however, we do have to wrap up the show. And there's a, you know, two more things that I kind of want to touch on real quick. Um, what do you need mm. right now? From the community, from the elected officials? Like, what do you need? But also, what do you need people to just chill on? Check. Like, what's the negative in the work right now Uh that you don't Um, need? You know,
2: uh, what we need from people is for people to show up with their passions on their front front of their sleeve. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I don't need volunteers. I need people that are dreamers. I need people that have visions and imagination to come to spaces that we're unfolding and let's collaborate and, like, see your vision interwoven into the greater vision of these, of these things that we're doing. Yeah. Well, so, but, but
0: this is a model of leadership where someone's, like, interested in people coming in and Oh. And, and, and talking ideas rather than you telling them what to do. Uh, what you doing here? No, <laughs> no, no, because I mean I can be
2: didactic and pragmatic and be like, "Yo, I need you to weed this thing and I need you to, you know, till this road, mm-hmm. But I feel like you'll show up more readily if you see yourself in the future. What's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just me just understanding that this work is not just about me. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I might be here, might not be, but this work needs to continue, and so. It's open source. It iterates, it evolves based off of who shows up. So that's important. I mean, as far as elected officials are concerned, um, yeah, we need elected officials to be intentional about land use policy and making sure that we have agricultural land in cities. Uh, We need ag folks uh, that are in elected positions that understand the importance of food justice and uh, understand the importance of urban planning and how all this stuff intersects. Uh, We need cities to come up off of the land. And, I mean, I'm just going to be frank. Like, yo, there's surplus land in cities and and county municipalities. Make that land available to aspiring BIPOC farmers, Mm -hmm. right? Because usually these are folks that are coming to the fore that don't have access to capital. To purchase large tracts of land in order to do this work, so let's make that stuff available for them to make that uh, to make those decisions. And then, in terms of what we, I know I'm, I'm tired of seeing, yo. Let's stop talking so much. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, I'm, i I'm. The other day, I was really just meditating on this. It's like, yo, like people can't eat words. Mm. You know, people can't eat conversations. I think this is important. I feel like conversations are important, but we gotta move into strategic. Mm-hmm action and yeah. at this point in the work you know what i'm seeing is that we are we have access to land we have access to equipment we have trained we're training people and it's like yo after we train you let's get the work bruh like there's so much to do in terms of building out these systems i feel like we do a lot more uh talking about the problems than we actually do sit downs to strategize of how mm. we're going to collaborate and impact our communities in concrete ways, so let's get to let's get to balancing out the talking with planning for intentional deliberate action, like yeah. I'm about that life like let's
1: go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Deron, thank you. Um, like you know, you, you. I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Like you know, like I'm I'm tired of talking um, yeah. as well. Um, hand, her, hand her that rake. Yeah, like no. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But like I need I need a little f- physical fitness. But again, as a as a person in the hospitality field, I think the button that you touched for me is how do we get more local food into Mm -hmm, our spaces and how do we keep that dollar generated in our community Mm -hmm. from I know who grew this. So then I could talk about that when the tourist comes in town to say, yo, this farm right here that used to be a parking lot (laughs) that a bunch of kids from this neighborhood, they produce this. This is what you're eating. Let's go. Yeah. That's exactly
2: the narrative that we that we we can articulate that. We can see that happening Mm -hmm. today. We just need more hands on deck.
0: Yeah. I'd like to see more public. I mean, people running for office. I'd like to hear more of these conver- more of these issues out in the forefront about yeah. land justice and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and and food justice and, and all that. Yeah, the
2: climate justice conversation is definitely something that we should be talking about more. We should see more elected officials like taking this to the people and being like, "Yo, this is real." Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the, there's there's so many layers to the climate justice conversation, but the core piece that I try to re- remind black communities because it's not something that I don't, I don't, see us talking about a lot. I like to remind us that this stuff is impacting us first, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, whether you live in Mississippi or Tappahannock, you know what I mean? These uh, issues of climate change, hotter summers, wetter springs, you know, uh, colder winters, Like, your community is impacted first, right? If it's hotter in your neighborhood, there's less trees in your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that means that your electric bill Mm -hmm. is higher, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Like, let's take it home. And if, you know, when it gets cold. If you can
1: afford the AC, you know, like. If you can afford the (laughs) AC,
2: right? And then when it comes down to, like, stormwater management, our neighborhoods are flooding, right? So you go down Melothian Turnpike, and there's, Mm -hmm. like, literal water, like, Standing up in uh, in the middle of mid-low, right, and then if you know if 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 you're on a coastal community, then it's like ten years you might not even have physical land to stand on because this stuff will be underwater. Like mm-hmm. this is this is the way this stuff is hitting us, and so let's really be mindful that we need to be talking ab- to our elected officials about how we're getting. The federal government, state government, local government to prioritize reduction and uh, greenhouse gases, you know, the, the uh, Im- implementation of renewable energy mm-hmm. into our communities, the redistribution of land to black and brown regenerative farmers, you know, uh, the removal of all of this impervious surface and the reinstallation of more trees in our communities and, and green spaces like all that is stuff that we need. So, yeah.
1: This is after the monuments, real talk about race. Michael Paul Williams, Kelly Lemon, Deron Chavis is our guest today. Last thing, how how do we get involved with you? How do you know this? This is a you know we're in a lot of different markets with this information. How do people come and visit uh, Richmond, Virginia to see your spaces, but also um, your 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 day, your your festival? Yeah, yeah. Like, give us that 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 quick information. You
2: go to thenaturalfestival.com. Mm-hmm. You know, it has all of our spaces that we manage. We also are heavily on social media, so mm-hmm. you can visit. Anything, Deron Chavis, on any of the social media, you can look us up at Deron Chavis. You can go visit our YouTube, Deron Chavis, Happily Natural Day. Um, Yeah, uh, every Saturday, if you're in the city of Richmond, we're at Sankofa Community Orchard for Dirt Therapy. Mm. And it's an opportunity for you to come in and reconnect with nature. Uh, We're always doing something in between 1 and 3 on a Saturday in Richmond, Virginia. So we invite you out. Come out and connect with, uh, with, with with one of our spaces um, and learn more about what the work we do looks like.
1: And this show is called After the Monuments, and we've been looking at monuments in different ways and what monuments look like. I Travel past your monument mm. every morning, um, as <laughs> you have been. Um, you and your wife have been immortalized um, mm. as a mural on um, on, a, on a building on Broad Street. And the dopest part about it is that y'all got that pitchfork and like. It, yeah. But it's so black, yeah. and I love it. And so, if you visit Richmond, Virginia, and stay at one of our major hotels on Broad Street, just look over to your your, your left because you will see Brother Duran standing there, being proud about being a urban farmer right here in our region. Thank you. Thank you, Dora. Right. Thank you. Right. This is After the Monuments. Real talk about race. Michael Paul Williams, Kelly Lemon. We will see y'all next time. After the Monuments is a Virginia Video Network production and produced by Matt Pachilli, Michael Paul Williams, and me, Kelly Lemon. Technical direction and editing from Bill Barksdale. Executive production from Paul Farrell, Diane Salvatore, and Paige Mudd. Will Royer provide studio support. Our artwork is by Krishna Mathis. I'm Kelly Lemon and we'll see you next week on After the Monuments.
0: Huge thanks to Massey Cancer Center for being our After the Monuments sponsor.